Welcome to the LaughSpin.com podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the LaughSpin podcast. My name is Mike. With me, Dylan Godino, editor-in-chief, LaughSpin.com. Hey, bud. What's up, Michael? Chilling. Hanging. Living. How's it hanging? I'm looking at my I'm looking at my computer screen now, and I'm looking at an ad for the Grand Budapest Hotel. I have not seen it, but it's movie titles like that that gives me the douche chills. <laughs> like it's it a, it's a Wes An- that's a Wes Anderson f- movie, right? Yeah, I, it's, it's too fucking precious. Yeah, I never watched it, but I don't like it. Wes Anderson likes the color beige. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed that in all of his movies. Yeah, I never understood it. I, I never, uh, like, I get why. The thing about Wes Anderson is I, I feel, maybe it's because I'm not, like, a, a huge movie nerd. Yeah. I feel there's only a very small handful of directors or writers that you can look at a movie and be like, oh, I wonder if this is a Wes Anderson movie or I wonder if this is a, you know, whatever, Roman Polanski movie. Right. Most directors and writers, I feel, are pretty much interchangeable yeah. So, uh, yeah so i respect the fact that you could identify a wes anderson movie in in 22 seconds yes it's very beige <laughs> <laughs> it's the best way i can fucking describe it very beige movies yeah so that was my review of the grand budapest hotel <laughs> nice. that's and, that, and that's why that's why we're here this week that's uh, about it that's, that's it. about all they got for you all right see you later <laughs> just end the show right there perfect yeah, we're going to be talking about the uh, the world of comedy this week, of course. A couple of awesome things happening. We want to start with a little bit of sad news uh, in the form of uh, Parks and Rec. Parks oh, and, oh. Parks and oh Rec. I thought you were going to tell me somebody died. I'm like, who did I miss? Well, that's part of it. Parks and Rec had their finale. What was it, last week at this point? Last Last Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're recording on... T- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, so a week ago. Just a few days prior to one of their writers, uh, Harris Whittles, yeah. died. And they were... Obviously, everybody was shocked and saddened by that whole thing. And they paid a little tribute to him at the end there. He was in the final episode, too. You may know him from Parks and Rec as one of the um, animal control guys. Right. That was Harris, the fi- the fish fan. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> he also did a po- he did a podcast with uh, Scott Ackerman. Scott Ackerman, yeah, yeah, yeah. About that, because he's a big fish fan, followed yep. fish around a lot. Ackerman just didn't get it. <laughs> 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 Brought him to a concert and got him stoned, and he still didn't get it. <laughs> but yeah, the, the Parks and Rec finale, you, you watched it, right? I did, yeah. What think? did you think? Well, what did I think? Yeah. I thought I I thought it was good. It's so hard to to make a finale that is perfect, but yeah. I think they did a pretty great job at it. It was a little cliche, but oh, I mean, totally. I, I think a show like Parks and Rec is allowed to be cliche because there's so much. There was so much heart in that show. It was like if the ending of Six Feet Under merged with the ending of Growing Pains. <laughs> <laughs> it was like those two finales put together. Explain one one thing to me though, and and yeah. I apologize because I've I've not been watching Parks and Rec religiously. All right. So the main obviously there's flash forwards and flashbacks yeah. in in this in this hour long finale, but current day Parks and Rec is 2017. Correct. Is, is that okay? Correct. That was and that was from the end, the very last show of the previous season time wise had been moving along slowly they jumped to 
2017 when Ben's a congressman and or Leslie's a congressman and Ben's doing whatever the hell else. No, yeah, he's he's oh right, yeah, yeah, got it. And you know, after the end credits, they do that little that little bonus scene yeah. during the credits. It was this, and it was so it was so random and so what the fuck? Like they completely skipped ahead, and it was just never talked about. And then I think they had a interview with Amy Poehler. And she said, yeah, you know what? Because they ended with the they, the episode before that ended with her being pregnant. Right. And they were like, yeah, you know what? We don't want to do like, oh, Leslie and Ben have trouble with the kids or go through pregnancy and go through right. birth and all that shit. They just wanted to skip ahead and just and just say, fuck the kids. We want to keep doing we want to keep doing what we're doing. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's not about the kids type of thing. It sounded like it was a little bit of a writer's rebellion, maybe going against what the studio wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, although I can't imagine a show like Parks and Rec. So it's so clever. Yeah, so clever. But yeah, very cool. I did. I fucking loved it. I did. I really loved how they ended it. How they went each and every character, and it was all. Again, this is what we're talking about (laughs) my standards and stuff. This is what I noticed. They, you know, it was very. It became very formulaic. Where anytime Leslie kind of gave that last hug or last pet on the back right. is when zoom they would they would right uh, right back. right right it was very cool and you see like the extent of everybody's life and very cool in different ways the fucking john ralphio's was the best <laughs> as always <laughs> fucking love john ralphio <laughs> I, I loved it i thought it was great i like that we see basically how everybody turns out i love that nick offerman was just given not nick i'm sorry uh uh ron swanson yeah was <laughs> You know, he's just, his new job now is just, I, I love, first of all, I, I, I love slash don't love the fact that he doesn't even act. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's just him. Like, like Ron, it's just Nick Offerman. Like, this dude has made so much money playing himself with a different name. <laughs> he actually has a wood carving studio. Yeah. Like, he actually does whittle canoes. Yes. <laughs> you should check out his Netflix special. I did. I oh, you did? I saw it, yeah. Oh, okay. Very cool. I really liked it. I, I was really kind of reluctant to watch it, but yeah. uh, I really liked it. Like, so he actually I. made me feel good. Yeah, I did. He made I me feel good, good about myself. It was good. I'm definitely teaching my daughter to say please and thank you, like, in right away, like that, in that order. Hey, yep. could you get that for me, please and thank you? <laughs> I'm definitely teaching her to do that. <laughs> So I love that Ron kind of uh, has his dream gig. He's he he did everything he wanted to do in life, and now he's just just overseeing a, a, a state park or whatever National it was. National park, yeah. It's sad to see Parks and Rec go, but you know it did so much better than than most shows. You're and I saw that you're going to be sad that Aubrey Plaza goes. Ah, oh, so sad. I was never really a big fan of her. Oh. <laughs> never a big fan. She's the best. Oh. God, I don't get it. I would give her the most confusing eight seconds of her life. <laughs> Did you like Daria as a kid? <laughs> Is that what it was? No, no, I never watched Daria. I just enjoy her a lot. All right. Her face sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of of shows of, of of shows coming and going, did you check out The Last Man on Earth? Yes. And I love that too. You I did, yeah. Huh. Here, so, okay, so here's my thing. I'm not a big Kristen Shaw fan, but she's actually kind of grown on me. Um, yeah, I think Will Forte is fucking amazing. I think he's awesome. And it's the same guys that directed Twenty One Jump Street and the the Lego Movie. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Do this movie, right? It's the same. Those are the same guys, right? I believe so. I mean, Will Forte, I believe, wrote and created the show. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think it's those guys running it, and that's just a great combination. I, I, I think, I think they're the same guys that did Twenty One Jump Street. I'm pretty sure. But I, I thought it was lazy. I, lazy. I honestly thought it was really lazy. Okay. The last man on earth. Well, what would that what would that guy look like? Exactly like you see him on the screen. Like there's no <laughs> nuance. So the last man on earth has a huge beard, is really like dirty and degenerate, <laughs> drinks booze all the time, and I don't know. I just everything he did, I feel like something I could have thought of. Oh yeah, now he's gonna do this and he's gonna bowl in a parking lot because he can do that and <laughs> I thought the margarita, the margarita pool was, was yeah. Clever. I mean, it, yeah. There was. It's just. I have a feeling it's going to get better. I yeah. hope it's going to get better, and I hope the story is going to evolve a little bit. So far, it's. I don't know. It's just like yeah. He's got a big beard, and and I don't know. I just don't. <laughs> I mean, I definitely don't give a shit about his character. A, he's got a beard, and he sucks. He's just, it's just beard guy (laughs) it seemed like a series of like sight gags or like yeah like it was it seemed like two episodes of like a what if joke you know just like little things like he's walking around you know the house that he you know lives in and he's like he's brushing his teeth and he wipes his mouth on the declaration of independence or the whatever it is right really fine sure he steals all these like these artifacts that's something you might want to do but like why does he have to wipe his mouth on the like we get it nothing matters well i did i did like so heavy-handed that that is that was okay i agree that's heavy-handed but the little things that they didn't reference like him wearing rocky's uh robe i didn't realize that that was rocky's robe (laughs) no didn't he say it was hugh hefner's robe no he had hugh hefner's pajamas but in the pajamas in the next scene he's wearing a robe and it just says rocky on it like little (laughs) things like that they just didn't they just didn't bother to mention Right, right. Okay, that that I could give you. I'll, I'll give credit for for that. <laughs> I thought it was good, man. I kind of went into it with high expectations, though. So. Oh, really? Yeah, I kind of went into it with like, uh, this is gonna be good attitude. Oh, uh, see, I went in with thinking it's gonna be stupid, <laughs> and <laughs> came out thinking it was actually a little bit better than what I thought it was gonna be, but okay. still, but still not really. I'm sure it'll get better, but I, I don't know. Mm. Not a huge fan yet. All right. That's the other thing I want to talk about. Oh, uh, Will Forte, obviously a SNL alum, and Saturday Night Live got in a bit of trouble. Not trouble, but got a little... I shouldn't... Let me rephrase that. I hated the fact that I just fucking said that. The fact that <laughs> they got in trouble, meaning a couple of people on the internet said that they were stupid heads and that was it they had their isis it was a isis sketch right that was a uh, daughter going off to join isis and her father dropping her off at the airport and <laughs> very very heartfelt type commercial right um, it was a t- it was a takeoff of i believe it was a toyota commercial yeah so that super bowl toyota commercial correct people on twitter whatever they get fucking annoyed about everything I was having a little bit of a Twitter battle today, and it was actually something we're going to talk about next. So, I'll, I'll, oh really? Yeah, there you go. Stay tuned. Wow, a tease. Yeah, a couple people on Twitter got uh, offended, of course, voiced their opinions, and then the gentleman who was in the the, the one cast member that that was in the sketch, Taron Killam. Taron Killam, thank you. Yeah, I don't remember his name. He had a very great tweet back saying, and I'm paraphrasing here, saying something along the lines of, 
I have it in front of me. You want me to read it? I do. Absolutely. So he said, proud of this. Freedom to mock is our greatest weapon. Thanks to the writers who asked not to be mentioned by name. Very awesome. Very awesome. Yeah. It did a couple of things. He stood up for what he believed in, recognized the fact that it was done completely in jest, and at the same time showed how stupid people that are yelling at him would be because he said, obviously I want to keep my writers in the dark. I don't want to name them by name so you idiots can't have your way with them. Bring all the heat, right. to, bring all the heat to me. I can fucking take it. I don't give a fuck. Right. I thought that was great. I thought that was well-crafted, perfect. I thought the sketch was funny, and I watched it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought, the, I thought the sketch was funny. Taryn's response was perfect. Mm-hmm. The one thing that does bother me is the knee-jerk reactions go both ways. Mm-hmm. For instance, the sketch comes on, and the punchline is that she's going off to ISIS, obviously. And then automatically, people that are going to get offended feel they should get offended because it's about something that's so grotesque and something so horrible. Right. And their knee-jerk reaction is to say that Saturday Night Live are awful. Like, how could you joke about something like this? And I, I think that knee-jerk reaction is bad. However... It's the same people that go, oh, in a comedy club. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. However, on the other side of that are the people that are supposedly standing up for comedy's right to joke about whatever who lash out against anybody who voices opposition to a sketch like that for instance on sunday I, we posted the video and you can mm. watch the video uh, on laughsman you know we posted on facebook and i said the isis sketch is getting a lot of attention did it go too far half a dozen people are writing in saying i can't believe you're even entertaining this or you know people need to shut up or like there's not even a like why are we even debating this those people are just as at fault as the people who are having knee-jerk reactions against the sketch itself you're allowed to have a debate people are allowed to be offended and Mm -hmm. you're allowed you're allowed to be angry at those people who are who are offended but at the same time i find it so ironic and so uh, bizarre that these people who are anti-political correctness can't imagine even entertaining somebody else's opinion. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I just, I, I also feel that the subject of comedy, more so than anything else, music, movies, TV, comedy doesn't have this, I don't want to sound like a fucking conspiracy theorist, doesn't have this corporate arm attached to it as much. Right. A lot of people are seeing it as the last bastion of true free speech, Right. And are defending it vehemently because it's, you know, it's like one of those things yeah. where it's like if somebody crosses that line, it's there's no turning back and everything we work for is gone. I get it. All right. So I, I so you're saying they're 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 a little bit more passionate when it comes to. Yeah. Comedy. Yeah. I think if we were I think if we were talking about music, I, th- I think you wouldn't get as vehement of a reaction. Right. It's a little bit more passive in those in those regards because <laughs> that's a lost cause at this point. But regardless, another comedy show, another comedian uh, coming under fire a little bit by, by Twitter, which is just turning into a bitch fest. And that's what I want to talk about next, the bitch fest. Okay, that's, that is Twitter? That you is got into Twitter. a spat, did you? I've been getting into a spat over Jimmy Kimmel and the anti-vaxxer movement. And this is a little piece 
Just a little piece of it. It was like five minutes long. And I want to get serious for a minute, if I could, because I've been hearing a lot of talk lately, and I don't know if this is more prevalent in uh, L.A. than other places, but I feel like it probably is, but there's a small but still sizable group of people who are choosing not to vaccinate their children. Here in L.A., there are schools in which 20% of the students aren't vaccinated because uh, parents here are more scared of gluten than they are of smallpox. (laughs) And as a result... We now have measles again. We've got measles. I want to say something about it. I know if you're one of these anti-vaccine people, you probably aren't going to take medical advice from a talk show host, and I don't expect you to. I wouldn't either. But I would expect you to take medical advice from almost every doctor in the world. <laughs> See, the thing about doctors is they didn't learn about the human body from their friend's Facebook page. They went to medical school where they studied all sorts of amazing things like how to magically prevent children from contracting horrible diseases by giving them a little shot. You know those little shots of Botox? Which is botulism, by the way. You get in your face to make your head look smooth and your eyes look crazy? A little shot like that and poof, polio is gone. But some people do not buy into that because they did a Google search and Jenny McCarthy popped up and she had clothes on So they listened to what she had to say and decided not to vaccinate their kids. Now, and by the way, I want to say, this would all be okay if your kids were the only ones affected. They're your kids, but they're not because unvaccinated kids put all children in danger, especially babies who are too young to get the vaccination shot. But of course, that's according to doctors. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Now, some people are saying kids who aren't vaccinated shouldn't be allowed to go to school or daycare or uh, go to public places. But I don't. Here's how I think it should go. If you are one of those people who knows more than doctors, that's fine. No vaccinations. But you're not allowed to go to the doctor anymore. Okay? So that's just a taste of uh, what Kimmel had to say. And, of course, he goes to Twitter. And, as we said, Twitter jumped all over him. He had another little – he had another rant where he, he mentioned some of the people that were tweeting at him, such smart and witty things that were, uh-huh. that were very terrible, and uh, then went on another rant about the, uh, the anti-vax movement. So he's not backing down. He doesn't give a shit. <laughs> and uh, I think it's fucking awesome. Yeah, Because I don't know who the fuck these people are, but I decided to get in on the fun. Be one of those guys that you hate that uh, that backs Jimmy Kimmel and his right to be funny. No, no I'm joking. I'm just bust- jerk. I'm busting your balls. <laughs> but he's not even it. being funny. He's he's being serious. Yeah, he's being. So what? What did serious. you do? What did are you are you getting in fights? Yeah, I'm getting in Twitter fights. It's awesome. I start off uh, with this guy who mentioned Jimmy Kimmel. And starts it off with Big Pharma shelled out $3.75 billion in fraud penalties in record-setting year, feds say. And then puts a link. So I write it back at him, it's a conspiracy, man. <laughs> like, this, <laughs> like this whole big thing, right? <laughs> so then he goes on and, and uh, up on a soapbox and talks about how, you know, you can trust the criminals to keep you healthy. But all the facts say don't. Uh-huh. Really, like, up on his soapbox. So right, I, start asking, right, right. I just start asking questions. That's my big thing. I ask questions. So I am, I'm basically asking why measles are then on the rise. Why are cases on the rise then? And what right. did he have feelings similar to, like, Ebola and SARS and swine flu when that was around, right? Right. And uh, he responds, Ebola, dear friend. Didn't that go away quickly when they weren't raising enough fear? Enter measles. 
What? Yeah. The, so the dude is the dude's basically talking like a conspiracy theorist slash movie preview guy. Enter measles. <laughs> I get on the big. So now I'm like, okay, this guy's a fucking nut. He's a conspiracy theorist guy, right? So so right. I'm like, okay, so you believe then that because they in quotes couldn't kill enough people with Ebola, and then in parentheses or any really. They, in quotes, decided to try measles on for size. And then he plugs a fucking documentary. (laughs) (laughs) He goes, you know, watch some fucking movie that I'm not going to say. And then in parentheses, he writes, but hurry. And then gives me the link. So then I wrote right Why? Back, because they're going to ban it or something? I don't know. But I write back, wait, are you the director? He's like, great documentary. I had nothing to do with it. Thanks for listening. We aren't crazy. Some of us anti-vaxxers did vaccinate. And then I write, holy shit, I fell for a Twitter bot. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, right, try not to let facts get in the way of your bullshit. Ooh. <laughs> Now he's getting tough. Oh, boy. So, yeah. So, I'm just having fun. (laughs) Just having some fucking fun. (laughs) Yeah, I don't get it. I don't understand. But it's great. It's great that... I mean, the thing is... And this comes back to, like, you know, how powerful comedy is. Nobody but a comedian... And... and, 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 you know, this is a blessing and a curse. Nobody but a comedian can get away with saying stuff like this. So just being brutally honest. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's a blessing because he can say it. A traditional news person cannot say it. Right. But then the curse is that, well, he's a comedian. And at what point are we supposed to take him seriously? And what point are we supposed to trust that he has good opinions about certain things? Right. It's cool. It's cool to see him sort of not backing down. And what's even better, he doesn't have kids, does he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he does. Yes, he does. He yeah, he has oh, older yeah, kids. A, he has an eight-month daughter. That's, he has an eight-month-old daughter. That's, that's right. Why, that's why he's that's going right. on his rant. That's right. That's right. He does have kids. Good for Kimmel. Yeah. I'm very excited. I'm very excited <laughs> to be joining the fight. Sorry. Can we... I want... Let's play um, tr- uh, Trevor Moore of Whitest Kids You Know fame. Sure. Has an album out on March 10th. It's called High in Church. And I wanted to play uh, a track from that to sort of uh, break our ranting up. So sure. let's can let's do that. And then we'll come back and... What do you want to talk about? You want to talk about Norm? Yeah, real quick. And then we'll, we're good. And then we'll wrap it? Yep. All right. Here's uh, Trevor Moore. I grew up in an American town No locks on the doors When we all bedded down to sleep Met a pretty young girl And made her my bride After church on Sundays Took the kids for a ride Down the street Swimming holes catching fireflies in jars Spend the evening staring at the stars Then the gays got married And the plant shut down And the crops dried up Everywhere around Then the gays started And they made all the kids be gay in school Cause some gays got married 
TV, jumped in my truck and slammed reverse. I had to get to my family before the gate could get there first. All the nights down the interstate, in my throat I could feel my heart. I didn't know how much time I had before all the orgies would start. few musical comedians that i i enjoy and he's and he's one of them <laughs> it's really that was really convoluted <laughs> <laughs> trevor moore uh so that's on uh it's, it's a new special it's gonna be on comedy central also the album high in church trevor moore whitest kids you know oh that's fucking funny <laughs> holy shit all right <laughs> So lastly, what's going on with Norm Macdonald? Lastly, this is, uh, I think, the, the Twitter episode. Rolling Stone did an article about the, what was it, the 135 top, top 135? One, well, it was, it was Saturday Night Live, all 141 cast members 141, ranked. 141, that's what it was. Yes. Okay. So they ranked all their cast members, and Norm Macdonald came in at 135. Correct. Behind the likes of Randy Quaid. 
Yes, here's here's what they wrote. McDonald clearly thought he was hilarious, and that counts for something. Confidence is essential for a weekend update anchor. Unfortunately, he was just a Dennis Miller clone with no mullet and no jokes. Stare into the camera a little longer, Norm. Maybe it'll get funnier. Ouch. Yeah. That's harsh, especially coming from a jizz rag like Rolling Stone. Wow. Jesus. I fucking hate Rolling Stone, and this proves it completely, something like this. The tail end of this is that Norm went to his uh, Twitter, and a lot of people were kind of backing him up yeah. and, and you know saying some, some pretty mean things about Rolling Stone. So Norm just decided to keep retweeting all of the things, all of his favorites. And uh, right. I think one of them was, uh, one of them that was my favorite was, I think these guys just picked the names out of a hat <laughs> and wrote it down. I mean, it's a pretty absurd exercise that Rolling Stone did. It's sort of the epitome of digital journalism at this point. Right. Where, listen, the Saturday Night Live 40th anniversary thing was happening. Everybody and their mother is writing about it. What can we do that's going to be different and is going to generate, you know, a lot of traffic? I think this list is a symptom of just digital journalism and and just chasing clicks constantly because you can't really rank. Uh, it's just it's 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 absurd to rank 141 cast members. I mean, if you read the let, rest of the list, it's just so arbitrary. So some so much of it is is so arbitrary. That's Be, you know because what? where are you going to put 141 people? Yeah, they grouped like eight people together here, four people together there. Like it's it's just another way to say here is every person who was ever a cast member on Saturday Night Live. You know what's really interesting about this viewpoint, which I find fucking fascinating, is this very inside baseball. The way that you're talking about it, it's very. This is what's going on in print media yeah. and digital media nowadays. Yeah, uh, it's, it it's, it's actually a very interesting point. One that I wholeheartedly say. I naively didn't even fucking think of, and it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant as far as this is exactly what it is. All they wanted was people to fucking talk about it so they can go to the goddamn link yeah. and generate fucking clicks. They probably you know, sat in a room with two people, and they were like, all right, who can we put low that everybody will get pissed off about? He's got to yeah. have enough, enough of a cult following to kind of have some kind of heat to him. You know, and it was uh, it was a cross between uh, Colin Quinn and Norm Macdonald, probably. Yeah, and I mean some of them, and I will and I will say this in defense of this list: some of the entries, including Colin Quinn. Now that you mention it, Colin Quinn is also ranked very badly. But in his entry and in other people's entries that are ranked badly, yeah, it's sort of implied that he's ranked badly, maybe not necessarily because he was terrible, yeah, but maybe because they didn't Saturday Night Live didn't know how to use this person's talent. The uh, Sarah Silverman entry. Oh, and this is and this by the way that's is how kind of I know fucking cop out though. But that's that's what they do. Yeah. They, they did it with Colin's entry. They did it with Sarah Silverman's entry. And again, here's a little inside baseball. Give it to me. Coming from somebody who runs a digital content site. Yeah. And who sometimes has to do shit like this because that's just the business. Right. The Sarah Silverman entry is basically like Sarah Silverman's great. She's ranked really shitty here because Saturday Night Live didn't know how to like handle her genius. Mm-hmm. They could never have treated Sarah Silverman the way they treated Norm Macdonald because she's a female and people would have fucking ripped their throats out. 
Wow. So that the other thing that's fucked up is Janine Garofalo and Sarah Silverman are ranked right next to each other. Mm-hmm. So interchangeable. Exactly. So it's like, what really out of 141, you're, you're just taking the two cute brunettes that were on the show. The alternative and, brunette comic. Right. The, the alt brunette comics. Yeah. And they, they were basically this, the same level of, of effectiveness and involvement in the show. Right. But anyway, my, my point is wow. they didn't they didn't do that with Norm's entry. Norm's entry is just a screed. It's just McDonald thought he was hilarious, but he wasn't. He's just shitty. Whereas, you know, for Colin Quinn, they didn't they sort of wrote around it. His style, his humor, his intelligence really didn't fit in with with SNL. And why and drag and why drag Dennis Miller into it? That's the that's the one that's the part that I fucking hate the most. You're you're basically saying we love we we hate the fact that you replaced Dennis Miller, so we're definitely gonna be ranking him higher than you. I don't know. You know what I, I mean? I mean I- Honestly, I think, I mean, this was like a, a, a massive undertaking. I, I have to imagine that this was, a lot of this was not thought out. And it, it just seems tone deaf a, a little bit because Rolling Stone, I, I mean, I don't read Rolling Stone. I, I, I honestly don't. But I assumed that they were still, I, I don't want to say cutting edge, but like mm-hmm. they kind of know what the nerds like. So in other words, if you're a comedy nerd, if you're a comedy aficionado, you don't dislike Norm Macdonald. You respect you respect Norm Macdonald. Yeah, and it seems tone deaf for someone like Rolling Stone to not and again digital publishing to not placate their audience yeah. by just ranking him well, even if they didn't even if they didn't think he deserved to be ranked well. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I get it. I, it's just. I, they're trying like who like they, who dislikes Norm Macdonald at this point? They're squares. Try- yeah. <laughs> at this point, I think. They're trying to catch up to Vice. I think Vice has kind of jumped over them leaps and bounds because they're they, Rolling Stone tries so hard to be involved not only in pop culture but in politics and what's going on right. in the world. And but that's that's always been their thing you. since the very beginning, though. Yeah, but it's it's gotten stale. It's gotten stale. It's it's the equivalent of picking up a men's health magazine and knowing that the the one article in it is going to be how to tone your abs. Like I know right. I'm going to fucking see an article in Rolling Stone about how the Bush era made this terrible. Like I, I right. it's, it's like fucking Hollywood squares at this point. Like it's the same <laughs> three jokes over and over that you can fucking set your watch to. I, I don't like it anymore. Uh, and vice is so fucking good. And they've since, you know, their website, if you've ever been to it, the, the things yeah. that they have on it, pop culture related and music related, are more in-depth and have a, a bit more integrity and not as biased and not as one-sided and agenda-driven. And it's fucking great, you know? So I think they're just catching up at this point. And, yeah, they're... I never even fucking thought of it till you point, till you just brought it up, dude, that, that it's, just, it's just fishing. They're just fishing for clicks and for anything anything that anybody can t- talk about them i deal with this every day and like that's the reality the, yeah. the only way these sites make money is on ads yeah and the only way they can charge enough money for ads to make ends meet is to get enough clicks yeah that's why and uh you know I'm, I'm looking at rolling stone now they're doing 
their their top story as we record this is every Comedy Central roast from worst to best. <laughs> so it's like that's not even so. They're, they're this must be like their new thing. They're just taking. Yeah, this is just blogs. They're just, they're just taking a, a, a franchise, and then they're they're listing every single thing in the franchise and putting like I don't even understand. Ugh. Like, why would you rank? It's done. Like it would editorials <laughs> editorially done. speaking, it would make sense to say, listen, there's been 18 Comedy Central roasts. Here are the five best. Yeah. But like, not like, oh, the Dennis Leary one? Yeah, that was the 18th best Comedy Central roast. <laughs> and here's why. And, 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 and here's why and here, exactly. And here's why the 17th one was only one better than 18th. Right. If I could have voted for 18 twice, I would have. And you wanted something true Carrie's roast? 15th best. That was the 15th best. Yeah. Without a question. Without a question. The first best? Pff, Charlie Sheen. Get no out. doubt. Come on. No doubt. <laughs> but Charlie Sheen really only edged out Hugh Hefner by a, by a small margin. It, it yeah, was it's close. just it's it's just silliness. It is. <laughs> it's just silliness. It is. Oh. But they have to sell ads for Hormel chili. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> you know, they have to they have to sell ads, and so do we. We do. We so, do. Speaking of, you want to get out of here? Give the plug? Yeah, let's go out. Thanks for listening, guys. I don't I don't know what we did here. I feel very uh, discombobulated about this episode. Woo! Love it. I think, we're all over the place. I think we've I, I don't know what we've done. Yeah. I'm exhausted. I think we're gonna I think we're gonna get mean iTunes comments, yes. maybe. iTunes comments. I need a cigarette. Uh, but you could you could send me emails at Dylan D Y L A N at laughspin.com. You should be visiting laughspin.com so we could make money off of ads. You should go to Facebook. You should go to Twitter at LaughSpin.com. That's it. Just just try to be a good person, everyone, okay? <laughs> Worship the devil. I'm going to have a drink. Yeah. That was fucking great. <laughs> oh, are we still on? Oh, hey. All right. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Last Podcast. Thanks. Bye. Bye.